Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So there's a series of things happening in Minnesota. You've got the defense that has begun in the case of George Floyd, the defense of officer, former officer Derek Chauvin. There are experts who have said the knee on the neck, that was absolutely appropriate. There's a question of whether or not the prosecution has actually done their job here. Whether they have been able to solidify their case. It's very possible that they haven't. So now are they going to get second degree murder? Are they going to get third degree murder? Are they going to get a manslaughter charge? And that third degree murder charge, which is only in Minnesota that I know of, that's a weird thing. And is any of it going to appease the mob that desperately wants to riot? That mob showed up for the third night in Brooklyn Center because of the shooting of Dante Wright. However, Dante Wright, who I would argue should not have been shot, he resisted arrest. He was pulled over for expired tags. They ran him. They found a gun charge. Not just a gun charge. Have you heard this story? As reported, Fox News reporting. Let me bring it to you. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Dante Wright is with a friend. They're hanging out with these two women. It's about 2.30 in the morning. The two women uh, are like, okay, you guys got to go. But they're like, we don't have a ride. So, all right, you can spend the night. I guess they were making their play. That's what it sounded like to me. In the morning, one of the women leaves, grabs $820, paying the other woman for rent. And then she goes off to work. So here's Dante Wright and this friend of his. They're waiting for their ride. Next thing you know, Wright pulls a a handgun and demands the $820. And she's like, are you serious? And he's like, give me the blanking money. That according to court documents. She again is asking, are you serious? And he, according to the documents, said, I'm not playing around. He then chokes the woman, trying to pull the cash out from under her bra where she had tucked it away. She's still screaming, and he's like, give me the cash, and we'll leave. Just give me the cash, and we'll go. Tries to choke her again. He was arrested, released on $100,000 bail. He wasn't allowed to have contact with a victim or witnesses. He had to refrain from drugs and alcohol, could not possess a firearm. But his bail was revoked in July of 2020. Because he possessed a firearm, this is alleged, he wasn't keeping in touch with his probation officer. So he gets pulled over for the expired plate. They run him and they see this warrant. They go to arrest him. He resists arrest. The officer, Potter is her name. She goes to tase him, but she doesn't have her taser in her hand. She has her firearm in her hand. Now, when you watch the full video of of the stop, She is actually saying, I'm going to tase you, and says, taser, taser, taser. The warning that this is about to happen. She was convinced she had a taser in her hand. Now, everything I just told you about Dante Wright does not mean he should have been shot. 
And this officer is going to face the consequences. Maybe we'll go to jail. Certainly is going to get sued. It's a mistake that you don't get to make. I agree that it's a mistake, but it's a mistake that you pay for as a cop. You keep both the taser and the firearm on the same side of the body? I was taking a look at some stories uh, about the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, and no, uh, they don't. They're different sides of the body. I wonder what they do in Lincoln, Nebraska. I wonder what they do in Austin, Texas. I wonder what they do in a lot of places. You deal with the consequences. There are, and there are going to be consequences. But I will not sit back and have people tell me that this kid was a choir boy. That's not the case. Bad guy with a history. Which brings statements like that of the mayor of Brooklyn Center to light because these statements are just, well, they're criminal in their thought process. Full text of, 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 of your request uh, and uh, make sure that you know, we sit down and, and, and go through it and, and see how we can implement. Uh, I, I don't believe that officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons uh, you know, uh, every time they, they're, they're making a, a traffic stop uh, or, or engaged in uh, situations that don't necessarily call for, uh, for weapons. They should throw the mayor out immediately. Do you know how ridiculous this all sounds? How would you know whether or not the moment calls for a weapon? That's why you have it on you. That's why I carry my sidearm everywhere I go. Because I don't know the moment that's going to require it. That's what training is all about. You don't need a weapon at a traffic stop? Talk to all the officers who have been killed during a traffic stop. Oh, wait, that's right, you can't. This is pseudo-intellectualism at play, mixed with this idea of how do I mollify the mob? And there is a mob in Brooklyn Center. Over 60 people got arrested. And of course Antifa has shown up. The people who are actually engaged in a conversation of race in America, man, they have been screwed in, in, in the worst way. They've been screwed by Black Lives Matter. Oh, wait till I tell you about Black Lives Matter and their organizer, Patrice Cullors, and the $90 million they took in and the multi-millions she's spending on houses and how angry she is that you notice. $1.4 million to live in Topanga Canyon in California with a population that is 1.4% black? Okay. No, you're down for the cause. You are. You are, Patrice. You are. Please. It's a grift and we all know it. Then there are the people who actually want to have a conversation, and they're the ones getting hosed because their conversations have been knocked around by these Marxists like Patrice Cullors, her words, not mine, and by Antifa. As they're watching the violence that took place last night, people got to do interviews, and they'd be, the people they're interviewing admit they're with Antifa. Antifa claims to be the anti-fascist, Antifa, Antifa. Uh, they are fascists. You know, it's it's like Reagan always said, fascism will come in the in the guise of liberalism. He was 100% right, was Ronald Reagan, the former president. And Antifa 
are fascists and they claim to be good and decent people. They're not. And it doesn't matter that guys like Don Lemon of CNN try and say they're anti-fascist. Don Lemon's just fooling himself. He's being unserious. <laughs> what, do, what do you expect? He's on CNN. Oh, wait till you hear the audio I have about CNN people from Project Veritas. I, oh, I got, I got a lot today. We got good stuff today, kids. Antifa wants to burn it all down because Antifa believes, like Black Lives Matter, the organization believe, in the destruction of Western culture and Western civilization. They believe in destroying the systems. When you see Representative Rashida Tlaib make the statement that there should be no more policing, incarceration, and militarization, it can't be reformed, and that policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist, you understand how radical she is. She is not good. Rashida Tlaib is not a good person. Rashida Tlaib is not a decent person. We understand this, right? This is not this is not a question of debate. She is neither good nor decent. Oh, you need a reminder? Sure. People love you and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won. Bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't. Because we're going to go in there and we're going to impeach the mother. Good person, right? Walked into the House of Representatives saying, I want to impeach Donald Trump. I don't care on what. Just, just, uh, Just let me get him out. And she's going to now lecture to us about morality. This conversation about disbanding the police force and disbanding the police force. Oakland, California, they just reallocated $10 million to police and fire departments because the crime rate is through the roof. This according to the local ABC7 out there. Minneapolis saw that defunding the police doesn't work. Seattle saw that defunding the police doesn't work. It doesn't work. Policing is necessary. Because there's a difference between the good guy and the bad guy. Just is. And somebody who wants to get rid of policing in the, in the U.S. and calls it inherently racist isn't a good person and doesn't have a good mind. Antifa is the enemy of free and thinking people. Antifa is violence. And they are doing a good job, along with Black Lives Matter, destroying people's lives and livelihoods to, not to make a point, not to create a better society. They're doing it because they want to watch it all burn. This is who they are. There's a lot to go over today. There is a lot of ways these things connect. I am a big believer and connect the dots, right? That we can see where all of these places come together. One of the things that that you can clearly do and put all these things together on is how there is this desire to destroy America and destroy Western culture and Western civilization. And I know, I know that when you say that, people are like, oh, there you go again, right? It gets dismissed. Except we're showing it. Every day, we are able to show the receipts about what it is that's happening to try and separate children from parents, to try and and separate parents from responsibility. 
and those people who want to do away with the establishments that provide value. If you were to get rid of the institution of policing, and if you were to get rid of this institution, that institution, because you called it bigoted or whatever, what comes next? How in the world do you get through? If you have a city that has no policing, well, then we're living in the purge, right? You know the movie, The Purge, right? This idea that one day a year there, there are no laws and you can do anything. You can kill people. You can, you can rape people. You can do all sorts of things. Totally fine. Well, picture that now every day. Picture every day being like this. Two men injured, one man leads. Two men injured, one man leads. Two men That's the world that Rashida Tlaib wants for you. Except she's not going to live in that world now, is she? She's not going to live in the world where she has to deal with it. She'll have some kind of armed guard, or she'll have some kind of special circumstance. After all, she's a member of Congress. Maybe she's never thought about what happens if you institute the world that she is clearly promoting when she says policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Maybe she doesn't know what she's saying because it just sounds good and it'll get me some likes and some clicks on social media and a couple more dollars for my campaign because they know I'm fighting the good fight. You're not fighting a good fight. You're a bad person. You're a bad person calling cops racists because you, you don't even want to look at the cop. You're calling black cops racist. You're calling Asian cops racists. You're calling Hispanic cops racist. You're calling white cops racists. But it must do you well in getting some campaign donations, right? You can just use that throwaway line and it's fine and nothing ever comes back. I'm happy to see some people pushing back on her. But what I need them to do and what we need them to do is to recognize that Representative Tlaib is not a good person, not a smart person, not a worthy person of our love or time or attention. Just like the rest of the squad, childlike nonsense from Representative Ocasio-Cortez or Representative Omar or Representative Presley, all garbage with no value. They have brought nothing except strife and, and, and nonsense argument since the day they entered Congress. Unfortunately, they haven't exited Congress yet, but we can all keep trying. I'm Tony Katz. Bernie Madoff has died. The Ponzi kid himself. Now, if you don't know the story of Bernie Madoff, um, he was taking investments from people. And he was saying, I I get these great returns. And he was basically moving the money around and, well, stealing. Stealing a tremendous amount. $17.5 billion investors put into his businesses. But when he got arrested, the account statements told clients they had had holdings of $60 billion. Kevin Bacon, 
Steven Spielberg, Sandy Koufax, all people who invested with with Bernie Madoff. He, uh, how old is he? Eighty two. Died at the age of, of 82. They were trying to get him out of prison because, you know, COVID and, and it, it wasn't uh, safe. Whatever. Uh, there's no doubt that Bernie Madoff, uh, one of the more horrible people uh, that, that has come across in a while, he took people's life savings. He took their enti- like their entire future and just blew it up. So hated he wore a bulletproof vest to court. This is one of the reasons, by the way. So this story goes back to what, 2007, 2008? This is one of the reasons why I don't do advertising for financial planners. I know, it's, it's, it's totally weird, because I, I get asked a lot about, about that, I don't do it. And it's not that I think every financial planner is, is like Bernie Madoff. It's that if, if I were to recommend, um, I don't know, MyPillow, MyPillow.com, promo code Tony, it, it's a pillow in the end of the day, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. Well, I, me, I happen to like mine. I like the sheets and I like the towels. I do. I use them. I have them. I use them. I like them. Um, but if I recommend somebody to take care of your finances and you lose all your money, I can't sleep. I cannot sleep. When, when this first came up, uh, you know, I do a, a morning show in Indianapolis and, and uh, they came to me and said, Hey, this group and that group would like to be on the show. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable with that. They looked at me like I had nine heads. What do you mean? You're not comfortable with that. Well, this is exactly why. This is exactly why I just, I can't bring myself to do it. Finding somebody you can trust, finding somebody you feel comfortable with, man, that is, uh, on something like this, that is a highly, highly personal thing. I think you got to, you know, ask friends who they use. I think you got to, you know, seriously interview people. You got to interview them and find out what they're all about. And more than once, you don't have to rush into anything. You're talking about the investment of your future. You know, for some people, the difference about whether or not they're going to be wearing a vest and saying, welcome to Walmart. And there's nothing wrong with wearing a vest and saying, welcome to Walmart. There's something that could be very upsetting if you spent your whole life saving and you are saying, hey, welcome to Walmart. That's why I don't do it. Bernie Madoff dead at the age of 82. I'm not going to dance on the man's grave, but I'm certainly not going to shed a tear. Jen Psaki on taxes. Oh, yeah, the middle class can take it. And it turns out that you don't have to be named Trump to pay somebody off for sexual impropriety. Who knew? This is Tony Katz today. You got to love how nonchalant Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, is with your tax dollars. Oh, just, just like you wouldn't believe, super, super, it's all fine, it's all good. Look, you might pay uh, so, some more in, in taxes, you know what I mean? But it's, 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 it's not a, a big deal. 
Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter, Parlor, Instagram, at Tony Katz, and get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. You should do that. You should do that immediately, if not uh, sooner, because in the Biden world, there are going to be tax increases, right? Tax increases are coming in Biden's world. And I get that there are people who are like, oh, you, you make 200000 a year, you're rich. If your go- taxes going up isn't a big deal, I... I, there are some people I'm never going to convince how big of a problem this is, and I'm not even about to try. Not even about to try. It, to, to not understand that how quick money goes. You, you just don't have the argument. I know Producer Ari is one of these people. One of these people, oh, you can't, that's not a big deal. You mean the people paying one of the biggest tax burdens is not a big deal when their taxes go up? Yes, it is. It's about a lack of, of recognition of what's already getting paid. First, I reject the concept wholeheartedly that people who pay no taxes are allowed to have an opinion on people who pay taxes. Now, it could be argued, Tony, everyone pays taxes one way or another. Okay. I'll take that argument. Now let's talk about income taxes specifically. People who think that they're allowed to vote to tell other people that they have to give more what they call a fair share because they have some kind of, of uh, fantasy. Tell them to pay it. Tell them to take that percentage. It's an irrational concept that we take a look at people who make a certain level of money and say, oh, they can take it. You ask why I oppose the IRS and, 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 and I should say uh, the, the, the personal income tax, what was allowed in 1913, this is exactly why, because it divides people. You know, it, it tells people that you're allowed to save others, oh, you can take it. Oh, you can take it? What is American about this thought process? And the answer is nothing. Which brings us back to Jen Psaki answering a question in the White House uh, briefing room. There's no reason uh, that that is what needs to happen. We saw, we have evidence of what happens uh, back in 2017 when Republicans prioritized tax cuts for big corporations over investing in working people. There were many arguments made about what the impact would be. The benefits would be passed on to consumers. They would invest in R&D. There would be jobs created. None of that happened. There were stock buybacks, more incentives to offshore, record compensation for executives. We have seen countless studies where... This proves my point, and I'm not even to the part where it's going to be maddening. If the corporation decided to pay the CEO more because they paid less in taxes, what's the problem? You're making the argument, Jen Psaki, and the political left is making the argument that the only thing you can do with your money is what we tell you to do with your money. Otherwise, you don't get to keep your money. You only get to keep your money if you spend it in the way we say you can spend it. I'm sorry. I'm not down with that. And she is saying it from a place of, of, of what is the word I'm looking for? Piousness loftiness, moral superiority, raining down her truth bombs upon the unwashed masses. That's an ugly statement she just made. Very ugly that they didn't spend it on this or that. They spent it on on uh, pay for their, for their executives. If you're a stockholder and you think that's wrong, 
Get rid of the stock. Sell the stock. Sell the stock, right, Producer Ari? You only buy stock from the most ethical of companies. <laughs> no, not quite. Oh, okay. But you got a problem with me saying that people who make a certain living shouldn't be uh, left with the tax burden, and you laugh at me because you're like, oh, they're fine. I didn't say they're fine. I say they're in a lot better shape than the most of us. Not if they're paying more and more in taxes, they're not. Well, they've ma- managed their money poorly then. No, that's not it at all. That's not it at all. That is completely, completely false. Just so we're clear. Back to Jen Psaki. The biggest impact to these corporations would likely be on capital. Uh, so I would say that's not a concern we have at this moment in time. But even though, I mean, utility companies did, maybe it's arguably partially for show, but they did announce, you know, great decreases after the 27 tax law passed and attributed it to the tax law passing. Is there some data that you're expecting from economists suggesting that will be the case, or are you just getting ahead of what might happen when the bill passes? I mean, I'm just getting ahead of that. Like, there were those announcements. You you said, like, they they didn't have the intended effects, but utility companies did say, hey, you know, we can pass on this lower rate to consumers through their utility bills. it's and have utility companies said, I have not seen it if they have, that they would raise uh, the cost um, if this bill passed to invest in infrastructure and get lead out of the pipes to make sure there's clean drinking water and create millions of jobs? I'm not aware of any specific announcements like that, but I'm just saying that was the... That's a... That's a... Follow that pushback for just a moment. This reporter is saying that there were utility companies that said, hey, because of the tax cuts, we can pass on the savings. And she said, have you heard of anybody saying that they're going to increase prices because of of a tax increase? Which would have been a fine question, but that's not what she said in total. She then adds along to that moral conversation about drinking water. Uh, the cost um, if this bill passed to invest in infrastructure and get lead out of the pipes to make sure there's clean drinking water and create millions of jobs? Yes, you might have to pay more in taxes, but we'll have clean drinking water. What's wrong with you? Well, uh, a, a, a couple things. We have clean drinking water sans Flint. Right? Flint, Michigan is a mess. And I won't argue that there are other places that need the infrastructure. But the idea that we somehow don't want clean drinking water, or it's, or it's a this for that, or this is a radical thing to say. Well, we have to raise taxes, otherwise you won't have clean drinking water. Oh, you don't want clean drinking water? Is that why you don't want to raise taxes? Hmm, what kind of person are you? It's utilizing taxation to determine morality. Well, here's the the story. All taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. It's what it is. It's taking from one for the other. Now, if we all agree that we're willing to do a little bit to ensure that our society can run, okay. That's what laws are about. But when you get into the idea of an income tax... You are telling government that they are my partner in the negotiation I made in the, in the recompense for my labor. Right? That's what it is. I do radio. I talk here. I am paid. This is my labor, and I am paid for it. 
Now I'm paid for it in such a way that I'm compensated for what I can bring the company, and the company knows that they can also profit off of what I bring. So I get paid X, and they make back X plus. That's why it works. I understand this. I have no argument there. None. But government says, hey, whatever you negotiated for, we'll take X percent. Government didn't do anything for that X percent. Why are they getting a piece of it? This is why I oppose the income tax. And I would abolish the income tax because it is an affront. It is theft. And then you have people who pay no income tax saying that someone like myself or maybe you or someone else should pay more income tax. That is is unacceptable that i could see and i do see is taxation without representation because we're allowing people with no skin in the game to decide for others i think that's a problem if you told me there were luxury taxes and other things like that i'd be like okay if you tell me states want to have an income tax well it's the states i can then move to a state that doesn't have an income tax But I oppose the federal income tax completely because taxation is theft. And it gets utilized in this way. It gets utilized as a cudgel against the American people. And in the case of Jen Psaki, it's about morality. Because you care more about your money than clean drinking water. That's gross. That's a gross statement to make. Infuriating, right? Well, that's, that's its point. That's the point of the pseudo-intellectualism. They don't want to actually engage on, on a level of reason. They want to engage in this emotional space because it's frustrating, right? It's Saul Alinsky tactics, rules for radicals. You need to read the book. But her idea that, you know, tax hikes of, on middle-class families is not a concern. Well, because if they're concerned, she'll then say they don't want clean drinking water. The income tax is just awful. Just awful. Remind me uh, to share with you. You know what? I'll I'll do that next. Uh, There was a payoff for sexual propriety, and it didn't involve Donald Trump. Didn't even know that was possible. That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Michelle Lujan Grisham, or is it Lujan? She's the governor of New Mexico, and she has paid $62,500 as part of a settlement with a former staff member who accused her of sexual mistreatment. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. Be sure on Facebook, uh, like the page, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like that page. Do it right now. Do it immediately. Uh, This story, not getting much play because Michelle Grisham is a Democrat. Here's the story. A guy by the name of of James Hallinan, H-A-L-L-I-N-A-N. He was a spokesman for Grisham during the 2018 general election campaign. He has been awarded the 62-5. Why? Because at a meeting that took place while he was employed, he says that Grisham poured a bottle of water on him. Not not on his head, uh, uh, not, not, not on his shirt, not on his toes, 
somewhere between the belt and the knees. Why? So somewhere, somewhere between the belt and the knees, um, uh, the 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 governor poured a bottle of water on him and then grabbed him so, somewhere bet- between the belt and the knees, where she had poured the water while she was laughing. Yeah, that's messed up. I thought it was Donald Trump that only did those things. Because, you know, when you're a celebrity, you could do anything. Grab him by the, you know. And so I guess Grisham said, hey, I'm going to try that. Turns out, uh, yeah, I guess you think you can get away with that stuff. I guess, you, may, I guess she's not as much of a celebrity as Donald Trump. That's, that's really my takeaway. Holy cow. And the best is left-leaning outlets that are talking about the story are talking about how Republicans are pouncing on this story. Every time you see Republicans pounce or Republicans seize, right, they're trying to be like, oh, yeah, it's not much of a story, but you know those Republicans. It's such garbage. She grabbed a guy right in the you-know-what and laughed about it and figured whatever. 62-5? Interesting payout. Yeah, I feel like that's low. Right? Right? Now, there's a joke in there. Do you want the joke? I'll do the joke. No, please don't. Come on, let me do the joke. All right, go ahead. I'm doing it as a joke. So you say to me, 62.5 isn't that much. Go ahead, Ari. 62.5 isn't that much. Yeah, it it does seem low. And she's not even hot. Oh, my God. See, there it is. I shouldn't have let you do that. Come on. That's not funny. You know that's what everybody's thinking. No, I... Oh, yeah. That's the difference. That is the difference between whether or not somebody is flirting with you at work or is a creep at work, whether or not you think they're hot. I... It's... it's We know that to be true. It's true. You're not supposed to say it out loud. Oh, okay. That... Maybe we haven't met producer Ari. Maybe... Maybe we don't understand what I... What I do here for a living. Good Lord. Good Lord. Uh, remind me, I got to get into the teachers union in Chicago. Now, I'm telling you, where I live, I'm not having this problem. I want to hear about other teachers unions, right? I want to hear about what it is other places are dealing with. Because in things in Loudoun County are insane. That's Virginia, right? Are just nuts. Things in Los Angeles, bad. Chicago's crazy. Chicago is crazy. Where the teachers union is now saying, we have no plans of going back to work. We are going to have a walkout. We refuse. They refuse to go back. The person stocking the shelves at your at your local grocery store. They're not refusing. They're right there doing their work. Right there doing their job. Again and again and again. But teachers, they can't go back to work? How, how where where do they think that this is remotely okay? 
And if this is the way they're going to be, isn't this the time to break the teachers union in half and start fresh? What are we spending all that money on schools for? Can't we pay half the property taxes we pay now? I want to pay half the property taxes I pay now. That'd be my plan. If, if we're not going to go back to school, we don't need palaces. We don't need all of this insanity in a, in a, in a, in a school. One-room schoolhouse, if this is the way it's going to be. And we show up when we show up. But we're paying half the property taxes. And if some teachers have to get fired, that's just the way it is. And some teachers don't get certain benefits, that's just the way it is. I mean, that's the way it should be in Chicago. That's how you got to fight these people. And I say all of this knowing that where I am, everything's been, everything's been good. I have been very impressed. So it's not everywhere. And it's much more unions than it is the teachers, although as we've seen in California, there are some teachers. The governor of Nebraska, his name is Pete Ricketts, you've seen pictures, rejecting a federal request to house unaccompanied migrant children. I'll get into that story. Oh, and the anti-racism. Whoo! Hold on. I'm Tony Katz.